Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patagna alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting Andrew Ivins. And uh, it was a busy weekend for the boys. We're going to recap Battle Miami. Over 50 teams flocking down to South Beach to play in one of the biggest 7-on-7 events in the country. We'll also get our friend Tom Loy back on the show. We'll throw around a couple crystal balls as well. Then the transaction wire. Clemson been really busy on the trail here as of late, up to number two in the 24-7 sports composite team rankings in the class of 2025. And then from there, we'll get to your viewer questions. So what a way to start. Drew, I believe you have one little thing. We talk about 2025, but 2024, there's still a big name on the board. Yeah, man, Gatlin Bear saw it all over 247sports.com on Tuesday. Looks like he's trending to Oregon. And I thought I think we thought this was a, a battle between Michigan and the national champs and the Oregon Ducks. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh, he's off to the NFL. Coop, I don't know. This one kind of fires me up a little bit, thinking about him potentially catching passes one day from Dante Moore. Uh, we know he's going to go on the mission trip. But this is a guy we made as a five-star prospect in the final 32, the Burley Bear, fastest man ever in Idaho, the Danimal. Just getting it done. <laughs> Oregon's not a team that needs a lot of help. You think about Dan Lanning on the recruiting trail and what they've been able to do, a top 10 class here in 2024. Drew, I, I feel like I kind of saw this coming a little bit. You heard the rumors about Jim Harbaugh potentially leaning towards the NFL, even though he's been flirting with the NFL over the last couple of years. It happens. It materializes Jim Harbaugh off to the L.A. Chargers. So what happens? Gatlin Bear from Idaho, if you've, you've been living under a rock, you haven't paid attention, chances are if you're watching this show, you know who Gatlin Bear is. But this is a five-star receiver, a guy who's going to take a mission, rural Idaho, guy that can do it all. What a big get for Dan Lanning and Junior Adams if they are able to reel in Gatlin Bear. And you think about Oregon and that offense, right? Dylan Gabriel, kind of a Band-Aid. If you want to call him that, it's a heck of a Band-Aid, right? Plug and play. And then you think about Dante Moore in the future. they got a couple of young guys that need to come along a little bit, including former five-star jury on Dickey. But you think about Gatlin Bear, this is not going to be a guy that you're not going to get for another year or two because of that mission. So we'll see what happens with Gatlin Bear. Would be a huge pickup for the Oregon Ducks as they are gaining a lot of momentum heading into the 2024 season. Guys, like I said, great show on tap for today. And make sure you subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel where you can find the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast every Tuesday and Wednesday at 5 o'clock eastern time everything you need for college football recruiting happening right here andrew and i got you covered and uh without further ado let's bring in the third member of the oyster boys honorary oyster boys we're going to make them earn it a little bit but our friend tom loy who was also down at battle miami this weekend tom like i said 50 teams in attendance and a lot going on a lot for you to cover from the recruiting side a lot for andrew to cover uh from the scouting side as well and Drew, I guess I'll tee you up on the scouting side. The alpha dog, the five-star, the number five player overall in 2025, that is DeCorian Moore from Duncanville High School in Texas, the number one receiver in the country. What did he do in Miami to live up to his name? Oh, Coop, he did everything, man. I, he was playing some safety out there, and I think if he had just played DB at the tournament, he would have been a top performer on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he was baiting quarterbacks into bad decisions, coming across the field swatting the ball away. I said this on the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Show on Monday, uh, and I'm standing by it. You know, he reminded me a little of when I saw Jalen Waddell play seven on seven years ago uh, at a tournament at IMG Academy. And DeCorian Moore Cooper, we've seen him 
at the Future of 50 event. Obviously, he had a heck of a junior campaign there at Duncanville High School, which won a state title in Texas. Um, but man, he, he's a dynamic slot receiver. And, and again, you know, on the smaller side, but he has no issues getting off press coverage. I think what was also notable, seven on seven, it's two hand touch, right? I mean, you can't tackle anyone. This guy creates chunk plays. Like he gets out of tight spaces uh, and will reverse fields. And that's notable because a lot of these teams have, you know, six, seven defensive backs out there. Everyone can run. So if you're a guy that's taken a, five-yard slant and turning it into a 15-yard gain. I think that says a lot. Sunday, he was injured, got dinged up a little bit. But Achilles was, or uh, Bud Elliott was breaking it down, thought he might have hurt his Achilles. Uh, but 10 minutes later, DeCorian Moore, excuse me, was back on the field. Monster good for LSU. Uh, let's not forget, you know, he wasn't always the number one receiver. He had Ryan Williams. He reclassifies to 2024. Now he's committed to Alabama. But feeling good about that early five-star status for Mr. Moore. Thomas, you were in the Sunshine State as well, and you and I were talking before the show, and you like we all know you like to swerve out of your lane a little bit and give your scouting insights when when you can. Uh, DeCorian Moore, he's been committed to LSU since last year, but you got to see him in person too, and, and you and I were talking. You like the competitive temperament of this kid in, in terms of what you saw in person. Yeah, man. Obviously, he's an elite talent. Love the demeanor, though, man. Like, this guy, so I'm standing next to him. He's he's on a knee, finally taking a playoff from playing both ways, like Ivan said. But taking a playoff, the ball's in the red zone. Quarterback throws an interception and kind of forces it into traffic. Shouldn't have done it. It's an early down. You know, live to see another day. And he says to his quarterback, he's like, calm, like calm as can be. You can't make the throw. I saw it, too. I probably would have made it. We just can't make that throw in the situation. Like it literally felt like a coach talking to his player, um, but kind of in an uplifting manner, so calm. There was no like hanging his head. We threw an interception, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I just absolutely love the demeanor, love the, uh, the, the, the way his, uh, you know, how he competes and gets after it. Like special talent, but also a special young man too. Very excited about him at the next level. We've said it multiple times, the importance of the live exposure, right? In the evaluation process, the all encompassing, obviously Andrew from the scouting side, obviously from the temperament and the psychology of the player and how do they kind of handle themselves to Corey and Moore showing a little bit of everything in Miami. There are also some other guys down in Miami, a lot of talent down there as well. One of those guys, DJ Pickett, a guy that we have ranked inside the top 10. We'll hit this from the scouting side. We'll also hit this from the recruiting side because we got two of the very best right here. But Drew, what'd you like about DJ Pickett in terms of what you saw from him in person in Miami? He's a unique body type, Cooper. I mean, he is listed at six foot two. It's one of those rare cases where I think he might be like not six foot three, but potentially six foot four. I don't know what DJ Pickett is. He played cornerback. He played wide receiver. You know, we had him graded out as a safety. I dug into the junior tape. I'm like, okay, let's move him over to corner. Coming out of Battle Miami, I don't, maybe he's an athlete. I mean, he's a guy I want on my football team. I know he's a guy that pretty much everyone in the country wants on their football team, but man, Super long, pterodactyl arms. He's got the track speed. He's got the verified markers. Uh, also plays uh, some basketball, has played a little bit of baseball. I just don't know what he is, uh, but he's a really, really talented football player. Obviously one of the guys we like early on, given where we have him ranked. Uh, and, you know, talking with Tom, it, it's kind of get a, hard to get a read on, on where he's leaning. And I know Clemson has told him, hey, you can, you can play wide receiver and you can play corner for us. Normally when you hear a school saying that, unless the kid's name's Travis Hunter, you kind of roll your eyes. But with DJ Pickett, I could see it, Cooper. At number eight prospect, number three corner, that's where we have him slotted right now. Tom, Andrew brought up Clemson, Miami, Michigan, also hanging around. What's the pulse with DJ Pickett? Yeah, I definitely think you got to watch out for Clemson, especially if the kid is interested in playing on both sides of the ball. If, if a school is pushing for that, like, He's going to want to play as much as possible. But the two teams I'm watching closely, I was talking to a source at Battle Miami, said keep an eye keep an eye on Miami, keep an eye on Michigan. Um, those are probably the two teams to watch. Uh, Miami feels like home for him. Um, there's some crystal ball potential there. I'm not ready to put one in yet. But out, out of state, Michigan, If you know, with them keeping, or at least it seems like they're going to keep Steve, Steve Klinkscale on, on staff, you know, promote him to becoming the defensive coordinator. That would be the ideal move. Uh, and I think saying this for Pickett, but also for a lot of kids across the country that have that Michigan offer, that have a connection with him, if that if that's how it plays out and Moore does that and, uh, you know, Clint gets promoted, that's going to be massive for, for recruiting in general, but also for Pickett. So 
in-state Miami, out-of-state, keep an eye on Michigan. Be interesting to see the ripple effects of Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL. And listen, Terrell Moore deserves a lot of credit in terms of what he's been able to do with his position group, whether that's been a tight end or offensive line. This is a, this is a whole new ball game for Sharon Moore, now the head coach at Michigan. So we'll see what happens there with DJ Pickett. Some other names in attendance. How about this guy, Derek Meadows? This guy just kept coming up right throughout the weekend in a, the six foot six, 195 pound receiver from Bishop Gorman. We talk about it all the time, but this guy is like the enigma of the projection versus production standpoint because he is everything that you could possibly want from a physical concoction of a football prospect at the receiver position. We talked about the size earlier. He's also got a 4.52 to his name. He's got a decorated track and field background. And then you go to the production, only 15 receptions, 391 yards, eight touchdowns this year. So still a lot of potential yet to materialize on the field. But Drew, another guy that I think you really liked what you saw from this weekend in Miami. Yeah, he's a unicorn, Cooper. And I remember when we kind of expanded our 2025 rankings into that top 247, we put Derek Meadows in in that four-star status, and he had caught nine passes as a sophomore. But when you take a step back, think about it. He is at Bishop Gorman High School two years ago, Zachariah Branch. Uh, was playing football there this past year. You know, Michael Capana, Brendan Rice, Elijah Lofton. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of weapons for the Gales there uh, in the Sin City. So he's had to wait his turn. I loved everything I saw about him. I mean, didn't, you know, off first glance, you know, kid off the bus, wasn't sure who he, he was, but I knew I liked him. Then you start watching him playing some games running a full route tree. You saw the clip that went viral of that Tom got where he goes up and climbs that ladder gets his leg down in bounds. I thought the most impressive moment from Derek Meadows is when he took a slant slant route, eliminated any angle for a defender, uh, and went 20 yards into the end zone. I'm fired up about him. You look at the offer sheet, you know, I think it's sitting around like a dozen offers. SEC hasn't really come calling. I am shocked, Cooper, because this guy checks off box after box, like you said, state champ in the 300-meter hurdles, uh, also a member of a 4x400 team that took a took a medal, uh, took a medal at the, at the state meet. So, no, man, Derek Meadows, we've liked him for a long time. We're the highest on him in the industry, and I think everyone else is probably going to jump in the boat here soon after his performance uh, at Battle Miami. Two very different players, but the recruitment kind of reminds me a little bit of Roma Dunze, who uh, very shortly will become a first-round draft pick out of Washington. And when we were at UW, it was one of those that didn't make a lot of sense. Roma Dunze also went to Bishop Gorman. So I would expect that Derek Meadows recruitment to kind of trend a little bit more heavily in his favor with more attention coming in the spring. But Tom, there's already been a team that has stood out through this entire process, got him on campus, done a really good job with the early ID and then building the relationship. You're a resident, I would say, of that Notre Dame football program and obviously have a lot of insight there as well. But it seems like the Irish are in a really good spot with Derek Meadows. Yeah, I feel really good about my crystal ball pick there that I tossed in uh, while we're at Battle Miami. And I just, you know, I know Tennessee is definitely a team to watch. He's going to visit Knoxville, has a lot of interest there. Uh, went to Miami, didn't get the offer, which really shocked me. I thought for sure, especially after what he did um, on day one at Battle Miami showing up there, I thought he would, you know, th they would be all over him, but it didn't happen. But keep an eye on Miami, that's a dark horse as well. But feel really good about Notre Dame here. I think they're doing a really good job. Uh, Mike Denbrock, Mike Brown, uh, making him a priority. He's top of the board for that staff. M Marcus Freeman personally recruiting him. So, Feel really good about it. Excited to see what he does this fall. I know his quarterback, Melvin Spicer, 2025 kid out of Gorman, is going to be all over him, feeding him the rock as much as possible. So really, really excited about the upside of Derek Meadows. We've talked about Notre Dame needing to upgrade the size and athleticism and overall speed of that receiver room. Derek Meadows would be one of those guys. And if, if you can do it to a point this early in the recruitment where there's little to no resistance uh, in Notre Dame making him a priority and you don't have to go through a school like Miami or anybody else or any other, any other of the Blue Bloods, Hat tip to Marcus Freeman. That's what good recruiting is, being able to get in early, understanding what the talent level looks like before everybody else arrives at the same conclusion. All right, a couple other names here. How about Lincoln Cure? Drew, you told me this guy kind of reminds uh, us of a guy like Carter Nelson, uh, the top 247 tight end in 2024, will be heading to Nebraska. And if you know anything about Carter Nelson, he's an absolute freak. Well, Lincoln, Lincoln Cure, he's from Kansas. And Drew, look at the background here, 6'6", 220 pounds, basketball background 6'2 high jump guy that runs the hurdles as well in the 110 and the 300 
what do you think about this kid? He kind of seems like a little bit of a freak in his own category as well. Well, he's already on the uh, freaks list, watch list, and I told him that. Uh, and it's funny because me and Tom, when we got to Fort Lauderdale on Friday night, uh, I was in my hotel room trying to fall asleep, and I, I saw a tweet that hinted Lincoln Cure might be at the tournament. I texted Tom. I said, if he's there, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a happy man because this is a guy – where we're probably not going to get much exposure to him, right? And, and you know, playing in middle America, uh, not like Carter Nelson in the sense that he's playing eight-man football. He's actually playing 11-man football, um, and he's doing everything you want against that level of competition. You turn on the tape, Lincoln Cure uh, instantly stands out. Coop, it was a who's who of tight ends. It, it worked out really nice. I think out of our top 10 ranked tight ends in the class of 2025, five of them were there. Three of them were on the same team. Uh, Lincoln Cure is the guy I got the most excited about. Don't think he's 6'6". I think he might be a little bit closer to 6'4", to but I'm not concerned. He's got the bounce. He's got the top end speed. Uh, and he, he, you know, he was creating separation consistently. So I thought it was a good weekend for him. A guy we're expected to get in the All-American Bowl, much like Carter Nelson, um, fired up about Lincoln Cure. I love that. That fires me up so much. Get guys like this in the All-American Bowl. Tom, I mentioned he's from Kansas. It seems like Kansas State. Right now is kind of the team that's uh, the team to beat. What about an Avery Johnson, Lincoln Cure type of relationship there? Man, Tom, talk to me. What do we what do we think here? Yeah, I'm all about it. And I think that the way they handle Avery Johnson's recruitment and NIL being a factor, all this kind of stuff, like the staff making it priority, I think that's really sitting sitting well with Lincoln Cure. So put the crystal ball pick in on uh, Kansas State. Feel really good about that one as well. Um, schools are definitely doing all they can. Like Ivan said, this guy has is freakish upside, and schools are going to be all over him. But I think the Wildcats are going to be in a great spot there. He kind of – you talked to him about a lot of schools. He really lit up when he was talking about Kansas State, and that's what you want to see if you're a Wildcat fan so i like the crystal ball there i know uh steve wolfong and a couple others jumped on board and uh pick kansas state as well um it's clearly starting to be a trend where uh the wildcats are trending in a, in a, in a positive direction so I, I like kansas state here kansas state's a fun team man avery johnson uh, i think is a guy completely capable of changing the trajectory of that program you add in a guy like lincoln cure fun times ahead in the little apples what they call it manhattan i believe um Rapid fire here to, to get through this segment. A couple receivers left on the board. Cooper Perry, number 220, but Drew, he is the number one player in the state of Arizona. Seems like Oregon's getting involved, Tom. We'll talk about that in a second. Drew, what'd you like about him? High volume target. You know, he worked in the slot. Uh, great route runner. I believe he's got a lacrosse background. Saw the short area quickness. I mean, he, he was just a magnet for footballs. I, I think on Saturday, no one caught more passes uh, than Cooper Perry. Now you think about him potentially going to Oregon, right? I know that's where Tom's going to talk about his crystal ball. I mean, that's them with Gatlin Bear, Kenyon Sadiq, uh, Jurion Dickey. Uh, watch out in the Big Ten just with how uh, the Ducks are recruiting on the offensive side of the ball. They're getting those quarterbacks some weapons. All right, Tom, tell us about this crystal ball pick to Oregon. Yeah, definitely watching Arizona and UCLA as well. He's going to Oklahoma this weekend. That's a big visit. So keep an eye on the Sooners. But I uh, really like Oregon. I think, again, just like talking about Lincoln Cure, C Cooper Perry lit up when he was talking about Oregon and the connection with the staff, potentially playing for Dan Lanning. Um, but also two other teams to watch, Colorado and Tennessee, coming in to watch him this week. They could offer next. Tennessee could shake things up. But I feel really good about Oregon right now. All right, Drew, we got a legacy to round this one out. How about Arian Concepcion, the ACC Offensive uh, Player of the Year? His brother, Kevin Concepcion, a guy that we talked about all last year. And then I'll tell you what, talk about a guy that cashed in and all the praise that we gave him in the preseason, he lived up to that. What about the little brother here? What do we think of him? Yeah, Kevin Concepcion, you, you build him as a legacy recruit. He's like an Oyster Boys favorite. He's like an Oyster <laughs> Boys legacy. Uh, I was fired up. He was playing for Cam Newton's team, um, and Kevin Concepcion was there. It was a star-studded sideline. You had Charles Woodson, Cam Newton, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Tom sent me a text. Who else was there, Tom? There was someone else big. Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. The guy I was most excited to talk with was Kevin Concepcion because I asked him, I'm like, how did – how do we not make you a four-star prospect? What did we miss? And he was joking about that. And I said, we're not going to miss on your brother. His brother currently unranked right now uh, out of the Charlotte area. I think those two kids are, are, are identical builds, and they have a, a play a similar style of game. Uh, I think Arian's recruitment is going to take off here. 
you know, short area quickness, plays much bigger uh, than the numbers suggest, and he can go just like his older brother. NC State was the first offer for Arian Concepcion. Miami's involved. Uh, I think since we've posted all those stories, only more schools have offered, but certainly a name to know. And, and you know, one of one of my more favorite bloodlines so far we've come across in the 25 cycle. Who would have thought Kevin Concepcion would it just be a household name in uh, February going into 2024 and <laughs> in the ACC Offensive Freshman of the Year? And the little brother, we'll see if he can live up to the name as well guys i talked about tuesday and wednesday you know the programming obviously you're watching this show how about monday the college football recruiting show that you can find on the 24 7 sports youtube channel five o'clock eastern time hosted by emily proud make sure to like and subscribe they're doing a great job bringing you the best content available when it comes to college football recruiting when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Guys, a lot of names. I mentioned 50 teams in Battle Miami. We talked a lot about the skill position, guys like DeCorian Moore. We talked about guys like Derek Meadows, so on and so forth. But it's always the arms we come back to, right? And there were a lot of arms in attendance and Drew we're talking about Miami. We're talking about South Beach. Well, why don't we start with the guy that's committed to the Miami Hurricanes and Luke Nickel, the number 28 quarterback in the country. You got to see him up close and personal. I know there are a lot of Canes fans out there very excited about him. We got a, a viewer question later in the show about Luke Nickel. So what do you think about Luke Nickel's performance this weekend at Battle Miami? I mean, he, he made big-time throws at big-time moments. And, you know, that Cam Newton squad two years ago – uh, it was Dante Moore that was the quarterback last year. It was Jaden Davis. Cam has a certain type of quarterback, and you know it's these guys that can process at a high level. And I thought we saw that from Luke Nickel, one of the few guys that was coming off his first read, going to his second read. You know there were some misfires here and there, but uh, on time, consistently accurate. And I, what I loved about him on Sunday, Cooper, in this tournament, you could like blitz randomly. I got nailed like three times. Uh, spilled my coffee all over myself when someone blitzed. Uh, but Luke Nickel with the footwork, man, he, he would drop the arm slot, get to his hot read, um, and he was just consistent. And, you know, I saw Luke Nickel, I think it was the second or third game of his junior season. They came down and they played Davey Western, Milton High School. I thought Luke struggled. And then he goes on to win a state title there in Georgia's highest classification. Asked him about it. He said, you know, we had a ton of transfers that came in finally kind of gelled as the season progressed. So, yeah, it, it was a certainly a, a, a encouraging, promising, whatever word you want to use for Luke Nickel there at Battle Miami. Uh, I get the take for the Hurricanes. You know, they need some stability in that quarterback room. And you know, think about Mario Cristobal. They want to be a smash mouth team in the trenches. I think you just need a quarterback then can step up in key moments, right? And I think Luke Nickel is just that. I say this with all due respect. Miami's quarterback room is like a hodgepodge of, of so many different talents, right? You got Cam Ward, the transfer. You got the transfer from Albany as well. Ja'Curry Brown still there. You got Emory Williams. Judd Anderson comes in uh, from Statesboro in Georgia. And now you got Luke Nickel. So it's a little bit of everything. Shannon Dawson, the offensive coordinator, uh, certainly got a lot to pick from there. So we'll see what happens with Miami. It seems like the Canes got a good one in 2025. We will revisit Luke Nickel a little bit later in the show. So if you're a Miami fan, make sure to stick around for that. Drew, another name that you really liked. How about Hassan Longstreet out of the state of California, hovering around six feet, got a baseball background. He's got big hands at 10 inches. You texted me and you said, Coop, this guy's got some juice. What'd you like about this kid? Yeah, I thought he had the best arm at the tournament. And, you know, we didn't get to see a ton of Hassan Longstreet. He was playing for a team where they were 
trading series, three different quarterbacks. I walked like half a mile across the complex to see Hassan play one game, and I think he threw two passes. But I saw enough, all right? I, I think I saw maybe 20 total jumps off his arms. And Coop, you mentioned those numbers, you know. He's pretty big in terms of like he's got some length in the arms. He's got some long limbs. You know, I think he's closer to six one than he is six foot. And he's got like two percent body fat. You can just tell that this is a guy that is twitched up. And he's a dual threat talent. Ran for over five hundred yards as a junior. Um, game at Hawaii. His team needed some late heroics. Had a late touchdown run. Five rushing touchdowns on on the ground. The game that game when they played out in the island. So. I, I like the, the potential of what he could be. I mean, when you get, you know, 12 or so power five quarterbacks all in the same type of setting uh, in someone's velocity, you know, the pace on the football stands out. I think that says a lot. And Hussan Longstreet, excited to see him the rest of this offseason. Hopefully we get him in the Elite 11 finals because I think there's a really big ceiling there. Tom, I almost forgot you were here. Let's let's get you back involved in the picture a little bit. What do we think about Hussein Longstreet, his recruitment, and kind of where that's heading? Yeah, I think if you're if you're looking at the West Coast, I think you got to keep an eye on UCLA. I think the Bruins are doing a really good job of recruiting him, making him a priority. Uh, got a good relationship with Chip Kelly and the staff there, so keep an eye on them. Uh, he grew up in Texas, actually. Dad uh, worked in College Station, so so with Texas A&M making a run at him and and, and also making him a priority, you got to keep an eye on them. I know he wants to take some visits, and Auburn's one of them. Texas A&M is another one, and UCLA is the third. So. Other schools are surely going to come into play, especially as more eyes get on him. Like Ivan said, the kid's got a massive arm, throws it around. It's fun to watch. Um, but right now I'm watching UCLA. That's probably where I would lean. If you forced me to put a pick in today, I'm, I would go with the Bruins. But keep an eye on Auburn and Texas A&M. He wants to take officials and then make a decision before the start of a senior season. It'd be a fascinating fit there with Chip Kelly. I do kind of like that, that fit. Quick twitch passer, can move well in the pocket. Drew, I like the point you made about having over 500 yards rushing a part of his game that I think certainly translates as well. There's been a lot of talk about Ryan Williams with 98% of the top 247 either signed or committed in 2024. Well, who's responsible for getting the five-star the ball? Well, that would be K.J. Lacey, currently committed to the Texas Longhorns. Drew, this one is, uh, I would say, a pretty fascinating evaluation because the comps come in, and you think about Steve Sarkeesian, the same guy that coached up Bryce Young and the sub-six-foot quarterback now with the Carolina Panthers, the number one pick in the draft. Rough year, year one, right? Bryce Young went number one, C.J. Stroud went number two. One kind of had a really difficult rookie year, and the other one went to the playoffs right for the first time in a while with the Houston Texans. Drew, K.J. Lacey, this is going to be one that I think the live exposures over time that are just going to add up for us, and then we'll get the, the full picture of what he might be on Saturdays and beyond. But what were your takeaways of the Texas commit? Well, it's funny you bring up the whole Ryan Williams thing. You know, K.J. Lacey was not on any of the rosters we got. And I'm not saying we got all 53 of them. Maybe we got about 10 of them. But we had no idea he was going to be there. And I asked him, I said, hey, you know, how did this come together? And he said Texas told him he didn't need to visit this weekend because Ryan Williams had canceled his official visit to Austin. So he wanted to come out and compete. I thought Saturday he struggled a little bit with the accuracy. But, man, Sunday uh, he led his team on a deep run into, uh, I think, like the quarter or semifinals. I don't know. It's, it's so hard to track what exactly is going on. But his ability to attack the deeper third for a guy that is on, you know, the smaller side. Bryce Young is the comp. You keep hearing. You talk with anyone that's, you know, related to Texas. I think the Bryce Young comps are slowly fading away in a way, given how that rookie season went. Um, but he's elusive in the pocket when they blitzed him. Uh, and, and I think he, he mirrors his feet so well with his upper body that he's able to create the power uh, to get it to the deeper third. I think there was a five-minute sequence where he had three straight touchdown passes of, of 40 yards. And then final thing that stood out to me, what I thought was certainly notable, is just how cool and calm he was in this tournament setting. And I know it's low stakes, right? We're, we're talking about a passing tournament in, in the winter months, but you know, guy that gets his teammates engaged, you know, talks a little trash here and there, but always level-headed. I mean, he's not afraid to eat a sack and, and turn the ball over or, or or turn it over on downs. Just I, I thought that was notable kind of between the ears for K.J. Lacey. And Cooper, we have him right now, I think, quarterback 13 in the rankings, somewhere around 179. I don't necessarily hate that home for him. I think 
I think that, that that's a, that's the right neighborhood at this stage. I think you turn on the tape. The tape pops. He's a, he's a gamer just in terms of his ability to improv and kind of uh, uh, navigate outside the pocket. He's very comfortable uh, kind of playing within the chaos of the structure outside the pocket. So I love K.J. Lacey. Like that fit for them as well. Drew, another really kind of, uh, I don't want to keep overusing this word, but I'll preface it this way, intriguing. We keep talking about intriguing, right? And last year was pretty funny. Polarizing, right? Last year was pretty funny in the 2024 cycle. You and I came off of, I don't know if it was junior tape heading into Elite 11. We're trying to figure out what to do with DJ Lagway. And we said, here's this guy with all this physical clay, but he hasn't yet put it together. And then when you see him live in person outside of an 11 on 11 setting, he's kind of just a, he's a work in progress, right? To, To kind of put it lightly. A very similar guy is Antoine Hill. And the reason I I bring that up is because DJ Lagway finished as our number one quarterback this cycle and a top five player in the country and a franchise piece for Florida. Antoine Hill right now sits at number 66. And Drew, last year, I think when we saw him in Atlanta in February, we're like, all right, this guy's pretty raw. But you see him 6'5", 215 live arm you just keep coming back to him and I think he's an ascending talent he's starting to put it together a little bit completed over 70 percent of his passes last year in high school so Drew with that being said to set the table what'd you like about Antoine Hill this weekend I mean opposing imposing frame excuse me Uh, you you rattled off the numbers this is he was the biggest quarterback there Uh, and why does that matter I mean look at the guys that get the job done uh, on Sundays, the guys that are getting selected early, they're these big towers uh, in the pocket. I thought Antoine Hill, you know, struggled to get the ball to the intermediate levels of the field, but there were some flashes throwing the ball outside the numbers with pace, uh, deep balls. He's got a big cannon. I mean, he can let that thing rip, especially under the lights on Friday nights. You could, you turn on the highlights or you, you cut up one of his games. I mean, his him on posts and, and go routes, he connects at a high high percentage and he's thrown to some talented receivers. You know, I, I think that's a great I don't know, parallel, him and him and DJ Lagway. To me, the difference between Antoine Hill and DJ Lagway um, is the ability as a runner. I mean, DJ Lagway uh, can make some dynamic cuts and is creative at the second level. You look at Antoine Hill, He's got negative rushing yards for his high school career, and he's a three-year starter. So uh, excited to see him some more here uh, over the uh, the offseason, potentially at the Elite 11 Finals. You know, he's there at, at Houston County, uh, Coop. And I think he's going to be an interesting project for someone. I love that fit for Colorado. You think about him coming behind Shadur Sanders. I think they're similar in some ways. Um, but Georgia Tech, I think, is a school he's visited. I know, I know Tom's got more on it. You know, Florida, I think he's a, he's a roster stash because he's got the tools to work with. Do we have Tom on? Tom, are you still here? Tom, there he is. Tom, uh, when it comes to, to Antoine Hill, formerly committed to Colorado, I think everybody knew that. Drew and I were just talking about the player. He's a guy that you asterisk. I think this is a guy over the next couple months, I think the stock is only going to continue to rise for him. What's the latest you're hearing on him? Yeah, I think there's I think there's four schools in play. I'm watching Florida, Georgia Tech, uh, Texas A&M, and Duke. Um, he's already visited Florida and Georgia Tech. He's actually he's going to be going to A&M and Duke. Um, and if you want to, you know, a really good story, Brian Doan, our national analyst at 24/7 Sports, interviewed Hill at the event, put a big in-depth report about it about all four schools, why he's interested in all of them. But um, I think those are the four schools in play. He told me that he wants to take official visits. He wants to take his time with this process. Being a one-time Colorado commit, he wants to take his time, make sure the next fits the best one for him, and then he completely shuts it down and starts recruiting. But I think these official visits are going to you know, really weigh heavy on his decision um, and then make a decision right before the start of a senior season. There you go, Antoine Hill. Drew, how fun would it be if we got DJ Lagway, Antoine Hill? We'll see what happens with Billy Napier, big year three coming up. What about, what about, what about him at Duke, right? Kind of like a little Malik Murphy light. 
Absolutely. I like that idea as well. Yeah, Manny Diaz, man. I mean, you think about starting your tenure that way, Malik Murphy, Antoine Hill. That's a different way to kind of change the uh, perception of that program, especially from a quarterback standpoint. So we'll see what happens with Antoine Hill. Drew, there's another name out there uh, that I think you're very excited about. How about Keelan Russell committed to SMU? You were like, hey, I don't want to I don't want to really get too aggressive with this. But you're like, the kid's kind of got something. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Lamar Jackson. He's pretty elastic. Take that with a grain of salt. Take that with the whole darn salt shaker, if you may. It was just a play style comp. True. That being said, I'll leave it up to you. Explain what you mean in terms of what you like about Keelan Russell and then how it compares to maybe one of the best in the game. I mean, first off, did you watch the tape? Do you agree with me? Or I have not watched the tape yet. I have not gotten to it, so I apologize. Uh, well, okay, I mean, he is a, a a a plus runner, obviously, and this is a kid that's won a, a pair of state titles at Duncanville, back-to-back state titles. He took over as a sophomore after injury, and then this past season, um, you know, he led them to a 14 and one record and, and all the way to another ring. You look at the numbers uh, over 70 percent completion percentage at the prep level. And then you see him out here at Battle Miami. The ball hardly touched the ground. And Keelan was the guy getting it to DeCorian Moore. And I, you know, again, I keep bringing it up. You know, they can blitz in this setting. It's weird. I, I know it's a passing tournament. But man, he would juke his way out of it and take off running, you know, parallel to the, the line of scrimmage and then drop some absolute dimes down the field. Uh, and he's he's got a top 10 marker in the 2025 class for quarterbacks when it comes to verified 40 yard dash times and verified shuttle times. And uh, yeah, I just think the body movements in, in terms of in the pocket, how they get away um from pressure it reminds me a little bit of just kind of what you see from lamar you know at louisville and then when you see him obviously uh uh, on your tv screen on sunday so i i think this is a monster get for rhett lashley and smu remember mustangs moving into the acc you know the quarterback coach there uh, is in Dallas, uh, Cooper. It's De'Ara King, uh, the former Houston standout who ended up at Miami. I think he had a cup of tea uh, in the league. He, 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 I was talking to Keelan. He said that was a big reason why, you know, he he picked SMU. So he's a he's a guy that has me kind of. I, I don't know. I, I'm intrigued. We just use that word intrigued again. But want want to see some more from him and. You know, I, if they get him into the Elite 11 finals, I get fired up because he's not just a runner, man. He can pass the football, tight lines, rip some tight spirals. I, I was really impressed. Put me on the hot seat there, Drew. Have not watched the tape. Also did not know who the quarterback coach was for the uh, ponies <laughs> down there in Dallas. Let's bring back Tom Loy. Tom Loy, I believe, you know, SMU has the commitment right now. But what are you hearing with Keelan Russell, his recruitment? Yeah, I don't think this one's completely over yet. Um, I think Baylor and Houston are definitely in place, talking to both schools, good relationships with the staffs. But the one I'm watching, he's visiting Florida next weekend, or this weekend on February 3rd, and that offer could really shake things up. I know you were dropping a Lamar Jackson comp, and uh, (laughs) that dude ends up in Florida with with the potential there is is, um, that could do a lot with Billy Napier. But I'm very excited about this kid, man. He I loved what I saw, and he's super confident. He texted me this morning. He said he's coming for the top spot, or at least top five so um he's he's confident in his abilities he's watching the rankings and things like that so great kid excited for him all right we talked a lot about the quarterbacks we've talked a lot about battle miami drew you got a lot there scouting notebook you can check that out on 24 7 everything you need to know all the scouting takeaways from the best andrew ivan's time on the recruiting side of it you got some information as well so i'm going to give you the floor i think you got a couple crystal balls you want to put in here tell the people what's going down yeah, I got a couple to throw in. Uh, two that were there on site at Battle Miami and a third that I've been uh, kind of waiting to put in for the last couple of weeks. But uh, four-star offensive lineman from Wisconsin, Owen Strebig. Uh, he's looking at Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Miami. Those are the heavy hitters in play at this point. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw in a crystal ball pick for Notre Dame. I think Joe Rudolph, Mike Denbrock, Chad Bowden, uh, Marcus Freeman, and even quarterback commit Deuce Knight doing a great job there. So I like the Irish to get that one done. Another one I want to toss in, four-star running back from Shreveport, Louisiana, James Simon, who was on site at Battle Miami. I talked to him, had a really lengthy discussion. He wants to uh, commit sometime this summer. He's looking at LSU, A&M, I think Alabama, Georgia, Miami, and even Notre Dame is involved. Um, Great great feel, great connection with A&M, but I'm going with LSU at this point. 
uh, families from Baton Rouge. It feels like it, it's it's home for him. Um, the staff there at LSU treats him like he's already a part of the team. So going to go and throw in a crystal ball there for the Tigers to keep him in state. The last one, kind of a big one in the 2026 class. Brandon Lockhart, uh, he's committed to USC. A four-star cornerback for 24-7, five-star per the composite. Really likes the school at, at USC a lot. His mom went there. Life after football was key when he initially committed. Uh, I did find it odd that he didn't get invited to the junior day. Clearly a, a miscommunication there. Um, Oregon, Georgia, Michigan State all looking to pounce and, and pushing for him. He's going to take a visit to Oregon at some point this fall. Really likes the Ducks staff a lot. Uh, coach Meat, uh, the new coach at Michigan State as assistant coach, pushing hard, gives the Spartans an opportunity. He does great on the West Coast, so keep an eye on them. Um, and his sister actually goes to Michigan, so getting to the Midwest is not a problem. Uh, speaking of Michigan, he definitely wants a Michigan offer, so keep an eye on them. But the key for my crystal ball, and I'm putting it on, I'm gonna put a flip pick in for the Georgia Bulldogs. Dante Williams leaves USC. Lands at US, lands at Georgia, um, connects well with him recently on a visit, connects well with T-Rob as well, um, and he's going to go back to Georgia for a visit, a game day visit when they play Tennessee. So feel good about this one. I'm going to put a flip pick for the Bulldogs to uh, flip him from USC. Tom, a little bit of context here. What program was it that failed to send out a junior day invite for a commit? Did that happen? Was that what yeah. you just said. I want to, want to make sure I, I heard that right. Who was that? Shook his head. He shook his head, and USC did not invite him um, to the USC Junior Day, and he just kind of was like shocked by it. So, um, and it was all on the record. He made it clear. Very surprised by it, but that's a that's a move and a decision by USC. That's a that's the come on man oh. of come on man. It's, that's a uh, I will say that is a that's a fireball offense when it, when it comes to. Uh, Whatever support staff member who who dropped the ball there, that can't absolutely not happen. Especially, not especially if it was like one of these big cattle call junior days, because I think, right. you know, when these schools bring in, I don't know, like 400 kids a day or a weekend, I think you run the risk of someone walking through that door that you do not know is going to be a dude that six months from now. All of a sudden, you're going to want, and that kid is going to have a miserable experience from the first time where you didn't know where he is. That's that's just my take on some of these junior days. I can't tell you how many times that that has happened. I think part of the reason is, and Drew, you and I have talked about this, whether it's like FAU or Miami or or UCF, some of these schools that are centrally located that have so many uh, a big like seven on seven presence. These teams want to come in droves, and what happens is. Nobody has any ability to say no, right? So all these prospects come on campus, and you're talking about guys that uh, from from any age, really starting at uh, you know eighth grade all the way up to senior year in high school. And what happens is you can miss out on some of those guys, and if you don't give them the attention or the time of day that they think that they can, they deserve then that recruitment is completely tainted throughout. Now, the other part of what we just discussed, uh, that is just incompetence. That that can't happen uh, at the highest degree. So USC certainly got some things to, to clean up there. And then who knows, maybe the recruitment changes because of it. Tom Lloyd, great job on the crystal ball picks. Great job on the insight. Appreciate you going down to Miami, taking the bullet for us as always. And uh, Make sure to uh, stick around, guys. Next time on the show, Tom Loy will be with us as well. Like I said, going to be a resident for us here with the Oyster Boys. Thanks again, Tom Loy. Guys, February 7th, National Signing Day 2024. We're going to put a bow on it. I've said that multiple times. Going to be from 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock Eastern Time. Make sure you join us here on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. We'll have everything you need, positional breakdowns, team breakdowns. Andrew and I will be discussing everything that you need to know in terms of the 2024 recruiting class, all right here at 24-7 Sports on the YouTube channel. So we'll see you next Wednesday. Drew. More things happening in, in college football and recruiting than ever. And one of those teams that's going to focus on high school, we know, is going to be Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers. Well, how about them, man? You know, they 
I think they understand if they're not going to operate in the portal, then it's aim small, miss small. When they have these guys on campus, their top targets, they got to hit. They have done that so far early in 2024. Here's what it's looked like the last week in 2025, I should say, this cycle for the Clemson Tigers. They're up to number two. They have landed commitments from Ari Watford, the number two edge in the country, a top 20 top 20 player as well. They also got commitments from Isaiah Campbell, the number six defensive lineman in the country, top 100 player, Braden Jacobs, number 14 offensive tackle, top 125 player, and Jalen Beckley, a top 50 interior offensive lineman in the country. So, Drew, the Clemson Tigers, uh, we, we talk about this a lot. They're going to really focus on the high school ranks, and that's who they are. That's who they've always been. But it seems as of lately here in the first couple months of 2024, they are dialed in on this 2025 class. All right, so they're number two in the rankings right now. Where do they finish? Top 10? <laughs> I'm going to say top 15. Okay, that's, that, that's the easier question. No, I, it'll be a fun exercise. So write this up. Everyone write this down. January 30th, Clemson sitting number two, right? You know, I think some of these other schools haven't had a chance to fully sink their teeth in to the 2025 cycle. But let's see where they're at in June. We'll see where they're at in uh, December after that. Um, Coop, you didn't bring up the fact that uh, Braden Jacobs is Brandon Jacobs' son, uh, the former NFL running back. Uh, I think that's one of the more unique bloodlines in the class. He's the big one for me, all right? Ari Watford, the pass rusher, um, what was that, last week? That was notable given his length and, and what he's able to do. But Clemson, it's hard for them to get these tackle bodies. And uh, Jacobs protected Dylan Riola this past season at Buford High School. Got a chance to see him multiple times in person. I mean, he is... Uh, all of what is he listed at Cooper like six seven 300 pounds I think that one stands out to me because you can't get these kids in the transfer portal right you're not investing anything in the transfer portal so you need to keep volume shooting at offensive tackle I think Jacobs at this stage right now with a year to go uh, is one of the tackle prospects I, I feel you know pretty good about at this stage so that's the one that jumps out to me for Clemson in that number two class yeah Braden uh, Jacobs a kid that we got to see in Atlanta last year at that Under Armour camp and certainly a guy that stands out physically. How about Clemson? They made some changes on their coaching staff as well. Matt Luke, a guy that's been out of the game I think for two years or so, used to be at the University of Georgia, former head coach at Ole Miss. I thought that was one of the best, maybe under the radar hires of this past coaching cycle. Already seeing dividends going into the state of Georgia, getting one of the best from Buford and Braden Jacobs. Drew, another tackle coming off the board. How about Carter Lowe, man? One of the best in the country out of the state of Ohio the Buckeyes pick up this one and right now Drew I think you and I maybe talked in December and we talked about the teams that might have been indirectly impacted by NIL and the transfer portal and the new way of college football and we called the Buckeyes a powerhouse of traditional college football recruiting not to say that they have struggled because they have not struggled they've had an airtight operation that is maybe in the last year or two shown some holes that they haven't had in the last decade. That being said, they've done a tremendous job on the high school ranks. They go, like I said, keep one of the best home and Carter Lowe drew a big one for them, the number four offensive tackle in the country. And right now we don't have 32 five stars, but if we did, Carter Lowe would be on the inside of that trajectory as well. well I think he's an early candidate for that fifth star, right? I mean, pretty soon here, we're going to have to roll out our, full 32 player field Carter uh, is someone that is going to be heavily in that conversation when we updated that top 247 for 2025 two months ago he's someone I came across uh, and if you go into what I wrote Cooper I said big fan here looks twitched up and like someone that can move his feet and recover uh, not sure he's a clean tackle projection uh, but I want this guy on my team. And if you go into one of these databases, Cooper, uh, Carter's got an 11-3-3 in the 100-meter dash. I'm still trying to track down that time, but he's a basketball kid, hasn't been playing football all that long. I think he has an extremely high ceiling. Um, and on Ohio State, right, you know, we saw what they did in the transfer portal here uh, over, what, the past few weeks. You know, they seem to have um, – I don't know, course corrected a little bit or they're figuring it out. Things are things are jiving right now. Maybe the best thing for Ohio State was 
was losing to Michigan and, and watching Michigan win a national title because it seems like the people that fill the stands there in Columbus want to win. Carter Lowe um, kind of flew under the radar over the weekend, but that's that's a monster one. One of those those tackle body prospects. I think it, I think when I saw it happen, it was like hour 15 of of hour 16 at Battle Miami. I, I, I couldn't even react. But now that I've thought about it. Uh, huge addition. Yeah, as my friend Josh Pate likes to say, a rising tide raises all boats. And in this case, I mean, you think about Michigan winning a national championship. I don't know if Ohio State fans would agree with me in terms of that sentiment, but you can't help but think. I mean, that is not a coincidence that Michigan goes out there. They win a national championship. They've won three straight against you. Jim Harbaugh is off to the NFL. Now you got a rookie head coach and Sharon Moore stepping in in Ann Arbor. Ryan Day, if not now, then when, right? Now is the time to pounce for Ohio State in the Buckeyes. And it seems like they have allocated all their resources here to 2024. We'll see what happens. Drew, another top 247 name in 2025 coming off the board. How about Jabori Antoine out of the state of Louisiana? ranked number 128 per 24-7 sports, a top 20 defensive back as well. Drew, we talked about Matt Luke and how that was a crafty hire for Dabo Sweeney. Well, Brian Kelly, uh, he said enough is enough with my defense, and he said, all right, I'm bringing in a whole new staff. That was Bo Davis on the defensive line. That was Blake Baker to oversee it, and that was Corey Raymond coming back to coach the secondary. And, well, Jabori Antoine, if you know anything about Corey Raymond, this guy kind of fits the mold. Drew, we know LSU's got to get the secondary play right. This seems like a step in the right direction for the Tigers. Yeah, absolutely, Cooper. I mean, one of the top prospects in state, it's it's funny because uh, he was on one of the rosters at the Battle of Miami tournament. He was supposed to be playing with the Louisiana bootleggers. Asked the coaches, I'm like, where where is uh, Jabori? And they're like, oh, he's he's not here. He's on a visit to LSU. I think within uh, 20 minutes after that, you had a, a Hayes Fawcett tweet announcing the commitment to LSU. Guy we saw at the Future 50, Cooper, you know, I think physically he's a little underdeveloped. So I was hoping to see him in person again. He's over six foot. He also plays quarterback on Friday nights like that in a, in a, in a DB, right? He's able to uh, react, uh, good feel for the for the football. So developmental upside there. You think about Corey Raymond coaching him up. Uh, nice get for uh, the Tigers there. And like you said, I mean, they need all the help they can get in the secondary. Um, and corners are hard to come by. So there you have it for the transaction wire 2025 already picking up with Clemson getting off to a really good start here in this cycle. Also, Ohio State in LSU gaining some momentum as well. And with that being said, we will now transition to the viewer questions, which, guys, I got to give you a tip of the cap. You've done a tremendous job sending these in via Twitter as well. Also, if you're on the chat, you want a question answer, we got a show tomorrow. So that would be a good place to do that. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to the pod as well. So the first one, Drew, will go with at one nine sports he wants to know thoughts on luke nickel post battle miami tourney and whether or not he's a solidified qb1 for miami's 25 class or if the cadence should continue to chase after other qbs examples madden i'm ilieva who saw on long street ryan montgomery i like that he said those three names those are three names that we talked a lot about on this podcast but drew it it, it poses a really good question on whether or not luke nickel is the guy for Mario Cristobal and Shannon Dawson. Do you think this guy has got a little bit of everything, not only the high floor, the processing power, but he's got enough athletic and developmental upside that makes you think, hey, Miami's good, kind of staying put where they are, and they're going to ride it out with him. Yeah, I didn't look at these questions beforehand. If I'm Miami, I, I would ride with Luke Nickel in this class, and I know – Hassan Longstreet, um, you know, it, it's going to be fun to flirt with that throughout the cycle. But I think if you do try to add a second arm to the class, what's going to happen is these other schools are going to come after Luke Nickel, and then you might end up with no quarterback uh, by the time you get to the altar. Uh, look, quarterback movement has has changed so much. Uh, Miami brought in two transfer quarterbacks this season, Cooper, um, and is paying through NIL to keep Ja'Curry Brown there. I think you can get veterans on the market, but at the end of the day, I think it's still important 
to take one high school kid a year. I think Luke Nickel, you, you, you threw out the terms processability. You know, I think the anticipation throws. I think he's a higher floor quarterback. I think you guys made a strong evaluation uh, getting him committed before that big junior season. I, I think since then, you know, Georgia's made contact. I believe Kentucky's offered. You know, not surprised to see that. So I, I would kind of push my chips in on Luke Nickel. And then with Cam Ward leaving, who knows what's going to happen with uh, Poff Daddy, the Albany transfer. <laughs> I'd look to upgrade, maybe add another guy uh, for that competition in 2025, you know, a, a veteran transfer. So uh, I, I like the question. If I'm Miami, I would hold with Luke Nickel. I like uh, seeing you in the hypothetical uh, director of player personnel spot. I think going forward, Drew, when we do this, I think you got to put on that uh, – you know, figurative Oyster Boys radio GM hat going forward because I like this. I think that role fits you very well. All right, Drew, the last question for you, 2024, we're going back. Trust me, we're almost done with 2024. Our friend Battles Customs, he says, what's the ceiling for Cam Coleman and a projected finish for Auburn's 25 class? Drew, I'll step in front of this one for you, especially that second part. I have no idea. I mean, what are we What are we now signing, right? Like 25 to 30 guys a class. Auburn's got eight guys committed. It's hard for me to know. I'll tell you this. I like the trajectory of Auburn's program. It, it, that might be the best eighth-ranked class I have seen, uh, at least in my short time doing this at 24-7 Sports. In terms of the quality, pound for pound, also from a strategic standpoint, what they brought in from the state of Alabama, that's how you do it. And then the other thing is they brought in good friend of mine, Will Redman, who's now going to be the GM overseeing everything from a personnel standpoint. They bring him over from a SEC West rival in LSU, now comes to Auburn to oversee Listen, these are big-time hires now where player movement's at all-time high. You also, in terms of uh, streamlining that NIL process, collective, the communications between programs uh, and outsourcing in the building, it's huge. you got to have it, right? Because we're moving closer and closer, whether it's official on the books or off the books or not, to these guys having salary caps. And that's really a big part of the game that a lot of people really aren't talking about. We know money's involved, but in terms of how you're keeping it on the books – these are the guys ultimately at the end of the day uh, that are going to hold a lot of weight. The first part of that question, the ceiling for Cam Coleman. Well, I would tell you this, our rankings, they're based on NFL projections. Cam Coleman is ranked the number five player in the country. He's the number two receiver only behind Jeremiah Smith and Drew. And I think any other year, you're talking about a guy that runs sub 4'4 four, four at 6'3 plus, 180 pounds, continuing to fill out his frame. He's got a 10'8 broad. He's doubled his production, tripled in some categories, done it at the highest level in the state of Alabama. I don't know what his ceiling is, man, because he seems like a guy that is only starting to figure it out. There's so many plus indicators with Cam Coleman that, and by plus, I mean, yes, this guy is a good football player now. Yes, I expect him to contribute immediately in a room that needs him to contribute immediately how about the fact that he's still 17 drew and this guy has some time before he even turns 18 uh before he steps on a field uh in in the plains there in auburn so you think about cam coleman and the potential of what this guy can be i think he's one off of pure speed athleticism and size at this point in his career and you've seen what coaching can do from his junior to senior season I mean you think that there's a maybe another two to three notches where this guy can kind of ramp it up and continue to develop his game uh Drew I absolutely love the fit at Auburn uh not only because of the return on investment short term and long term just makes so much sense but in terms of the physical body of work what he has left ahead of him you just don't see it very often where you see guys as polished of a guy like Jeremiah Smith and Cam Coleman that still drip of physical upside. So those two, they're unicorns, man. I, and we've talked so much about Jeremiah Smith. This kid in himself, I think any other year, Drew, you'd have a hard time finding somebody better uh, for a, a receiver number one. Uh, and he just happens to be in a class uh, with a guy that we think is a generational prospect in Jeremiah Smith. Plus, I was going to say, I mean, I was trying to do it in my head right there, right? You drop, you drop him into the 23 cycle, number one receiver ahead of Zachariah Branch. You drop him into 
the 2025 cycle, which he technically could be in, uh, given his age. Uh, I, you know, I don't know the Alabama state laws off the top of my head. <laughs> He'd be the number one prospect. I, I what, what's the, what's the comp we ended up with him? George Cam Pickens. Coleman. Yeah. Okay. What's his ceiling better than George Pickens? <laughs> And that's I think a, that's an easy way to put it. And that's a good way to put it. And George Pickens is still one of those guys. I think people are – you see the flashes. They're still waiting for that potential to kind of materialize a little bit. But Cam Coleman, everything we thought he could be, and I want to phrase it that way, could be, he was when we saw him in person. I think Cam Coleman is ahead of schedule both physically and technically in terms of his maturity and his development as a receiver. I expect him uh, to just be – jaw-dropping at Auburn quite honestly and and I think a lot of Auburn fans think well we got a five-star receiver we got the number two player in the country I don't think you know what's coming I don't think you know how good this guy is so I'm pretty excited about Cam Coleman Drew we talked a lot about Battle Miami we talked a lot about 2025 and 2024 we've gone back and forth any final thoughts before we get out of here on this Tuesday well, I was going to bring this up when we went down that tangent on on junior days and recruits not being invited to junior days at the schools that they're recruited. Cooper, someone pointed this out to me. I believe this weekend or last weekend was the final weekend ever of photo shoots. Have you heard this? It's it's done. You know, no one's actually bringing up that they're done. So I, I, I guess some programs over the fast, past few weeks were trying to go out with a bang because they, they with the new NCAA rules, they – wouldn't have that ability. So for all the recruiting personnel, staff listening or, or watching out there, hey, your life just got easier, guys. Yeah, hey, pop the bubbly, guys. Congratulations. People don't know. People really don't understand. Those of you listening listening in the personnel world, congratulations. Soak it all in. This is big for you guys. You get a lot of time back. That was wasted doing really stupid things that don't really matter to the bottom line at the end of the day. So congrats to you guys. Your lives just did get better. Guys, like I said, every Tuesday and Wednesday, the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. You can find us right here at 5 o'clock Eastern time on the 24 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Guys, we appreciate you joining us and our friend Tom Loy, as always. For Andrew Ivins, I'm Cooper Patagna. Same time tomorrow. We'll see you then.